Welcome to the Lucky Let Court Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express. I'm your host, Chris Otto. Happy to be with you on Monday, March 11th at the BNP Paribas Open, standing out here in the back of the practice courts where I can get a little bit of quiet all kinds of activity around me today. I could see the 19-year-old Marketa Vondrusheva on the practice courts to my right. She is preparing for a match tomorrow against second-seeded Simona Halep. Over to my left is the big tall tower they know as John Isner working on practice court number 14. And further over, I can see Dmitry Tursunov's man bun as he hits with his charge. Arena Sabalenka. Sabalenka into the third round. She'll be in action today against Lesia Savranko of the Ukraine. It's a jam-packed Monday at the BMP Paribas Open and we'll preview the order of play and it is a very exciting one in a few moments. But before that, I want to jump to an interview. I had the chance to speak to a very interesting American player by the name of Noah Rubin. And if you guys aren't familiar with his Instagram feed, it's called at Behind the Racket and it is a very new and unique way to, to tackle issues within the tennis community and to bring forth the personalities of today's players. I'm going to let Noah do the describing. He's, this is a project for him. He's a passionate photographer. He's also passionate about the game and passionate about social media. And I think he's doing something very unique and something that is also very valuable to the tennis community. There's been a lot of buzz generated about this particular Instagram feed at Beyond the, Behind the Racket. I think it's about time we spoke with him and we let him explain it to you himself. Okay, super pumped this morning to be speaking with Noah Rubin. We're at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden. We found a nice secluded shady spot and he is here to talk about, you guessed it, you guys know about this Instagram feed. It's behind the racket. Good morning, Noah Rubin. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really pleased to speak with you. And I wanted to start first with you telling me a little bit about your project. Start with the inspiration and you know, just, just inform our readers who probably already know about it but really want to hear it from you first. Yeah, um, you know, if you can, if you talk to the people that I, you know, was interviewed by or just spoke to last year, you, you know that I spoke about, I want to bring more awareness to tennis. That was a huge goal of mine. Obviously, gold medal, you know, win a grand slam, but this is third in line. It really is. And, and I didn't know really how to go about it until, you know, Humans of New York came across my feed, and that's been one of my favorite Instagram accounts forever. And I'm like, how is this not something in the tennis world? How am I not bringing human interest stories to the tennis world? And that's when this idea sparked, and I was super excited that, one, all these ideas came rushing. So the name came, nobody took the name. Then just the idea of, like, interviewing tennis players really hasn't been brought up, especially by a tennis player as myself. So it was all it all happened really fast. I made... You know, my first logo in about 10 minutes. And then, you know, within three days, I had my first post up, which uh, which was good. I didn't go into too much detail, which hopefully I'll, I'll go back to soon. But, um, yeah, it's been it's it was a great start and I'm excited where it is now. Yeah. And then a little bit of your backstory. You're very passionate about the arts, passionate about photography. I saw your piece on ATP World Tour with uh, some great photos. I think that you took them from the Serengeti. Yes. And, yes, yes. and so you're kind of combining passions and, and it's, uh, it's it seems like it's meant to be yeah i mean you know 
professional tennis players, we work extremely hard. With that being said, there's only so many hours you can do this, and there's a decent amount of downtime, whether it's traveling, you know, you're in your hotel room, and yeah, I mean, do you want to play video games and watch Netflix all the time? No, I mean, I wanted to really, you know, utilize that time for something better, and that's, you know, where all these ideas came from, and I have the love for arts. I mean, I went to museums every week as a child, and then this love of photography, so this is really combining, you know, the photojournalism aspect with, you know, you know, just getting to really know the tennis players on tour. Well, let's not forget before we get too far into your project that you're an incredible tennis player. <laughs> and I think this is a point I want to bring up that often gets overlooked. In uh, in professional tennis, we, we in the media tend to draw this line around the top 100 or the cutoffs for the Grand Slams, and everybody behind that seems to get forgotten. And a player like yourself, who's a junior Wimbledon champion, uh, NCAA finalist, uh, ATP Tour Pro, I mean, just on the cusp, you're one of the best players in, in the world in tennis. And I'll make a long story short here and just say what I love about this project and what just makes me emotional about it is that you're giving voice to so many players who who may indeed some someday come into their own and of course some of them already have but you're giving voice to players and and um it's just it's just super cool right I mean it's not tailored to anybody specifically I want to hear from the top players but I you know I also want to hear from the players that you know they couldn't get out of China because you know they couldn't afford it and you have these, you have all these stories from you know the top players to you know the top 200 players, and it's all really exciting. And everybody really, truly has a story. So, but your tennis itself is coming along. Last year, you won back-to-back tour-level matches at the City Open for the first time. Um, what do you think it, it is for you? Are you frustrated that that you've that you've topped at 125, or are you 23 years old? And do you see the future's bright for you? I mean, you've got the game clearly. Yeah, no, I, I am definitely confident where my game's at right now. Um, yeah, I've struggled a little bit with, with um, putting momentum together and using momentum, but some injuries. Um, in the, in yeah, some definitely injuries early in my career. Um, last year was my first full year on tour. Yeah. So you know, maybe I'm not as young as some of these guys, but they've been playing just as long as I have. So I know where I can be. I know where my level will take me. And, you know, I'm, I'm not rushing it. You know, I'm not, I'm not the guy that's going to ace you off the court, so it may take me a couple extra years. But I'm excited for what the future holds. Yeah. And as I told you we were walking over here, I did a deep dive on the Behind the Racket Instagram feed last night, and I found myself crying, like, several times reading these emotional stories. Are players coming to you and saying they've found out about this and they say, like, I've got something I need to get off my chest. And do you feel that it's therapeutic for them, that, that you're creating a space for, for for people to express their mental health issues? Yeah, I mean, it's a win-win. It's a, it's a win for the, you know, for the fans that, you know, get to see a different side of the player and, and get to maybe become a new fan of a new player that they might not have known before. And then also it's a win for the player. This is an outlet to share a story. I mean, I had Tennis Sanger and come up to me and hug me and say, I've never shared my story before. I mean, this is the first time he opened up about the passing of his father. And, and, and to read all these stories and, and to, you know, I'm looking at these people in the eyes when they're telling the story. And it is incredibly emotional and, and it's something that will always stick with me. So, yes, I mean, you know, I hope to grow my following on social media and all of that. I mean, but that's, that's all the BS stuff. I, I really, you know... The seeing the passion behind their eyes when they're telling the story, that's what this is all about for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and it's not, it, I don't know if you could even say it's your following, it's everybody's it's, following. Yeah, really. no, it's not. It's, it's, I'm, 
it's tennis's following almost. <laughs> it's I'm just I'm really just growing. I'm trying to grow the sport and bring more awareness to it. And, so. and speaking of tennis, <laughs> it was really nice to see him humanize. This was a guy who was given a little bit of a hard time by the media at the Australian Open. His breakout run, and that had to be really difficult for him. And it's nice to know that the more human side of of all the players, and particularly him, who, who whose story was getting put out there, maybe in a way he didn't want to. So he took control of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think this is just a great. You know, it's very tough to not get behind these stories. I mean, these are these are tough stories about just their life. I mean, you can't really, you know, be offended by them in any way. This is their story. So it's easy to get behind. I think people are really enjoying it. Um, I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, I mean, um, Madison Keys struck me as surprising. A lot of a lot of the things that we read in there are surprising and revealing. Where do you? Well, well couple questions. Yes. Where do you see it going in the future? Do you? I, I, do you have big ideas? Do you? I know you're now having fans interact. I always have big ideas. <laughs> right, right, right. I know you're having some of the the public interact and people that aren't necessarily professional can be a part of this community, which I think is really an, a nice gesture. Yeah, there's there's a thousand ideas that go through my head. Yes, I started with the the public, the, the hashtag MyBTR that allows. Um, you know, maybe people that didn't make it, fans of the sport, people involved in tennis to be a part of this because I've gotten so many stories from outside and they're saying, this is my story, I just wanted to share with you. So people are really into it and I just want to give them kind of a platform um, to share it. And then there might be, you know, a kind of Celebrity Friday where I have, you know, probably somebody hopefully well-known that shares their story in tennis because, God, all celebrities love tennis and they've, they've all been a part of it. So that's another venture. But you know, beyond those and the social media, I, I have plans for opening up a gallery. I have plans for possibly doing documentaries and, and stuff like that. So definitely some sing, some things in the work already and, and underway, and I'm really excited to see yeah, where they go. I completely had a vision of it being in a gallery once I heard about your passion for art. Right. So, I mean, the, the pictures I have up right now, um, I'm doing the best I can with them. They're just on my phone. Um, I do travel with my camera a decent amount, but, you know, on site, not all the time. So they're kind of just placeholders. But... The gallery idea, I would, I would use a professional camera, take the picture. Um, the first one would go to for charity, and we would see how it works. Ah, oh, yeah. cool. Uh, so yeah, I was going to ask you a little bit about the portraits. They yes. are very cool. They're all similar, but but there are little minutia that are that differ in each of them. So talk to me about um, how you approach those shots. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I I try to keep them quite similar. Um, you know. 99.9% of them I take myself every once in a while by mistake you know they left and they had to go somewhere and I have to get a friend to take them and that's really disappointing because oh. you know I don't have it's very tough to tell them what I'm looking for in the picture but you know for the most part it's left hand above right you know face center in the racket portrait mode mm. and, and they pop really nicely but at the same time though they don't pop enough and that's kind of what I want to portray this kind of you know, in jail behind bars where they haven't been able to share their story, but now they're kind of breaking free from it. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a metaphor in a way um, that they've been, you know, just athletes their whole life, and here's the racket behind their face, and that's all they're known for, but here's more to it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the motivation came from. Wait, moving on, let me ask yes. you a little bit about, um, you've been around the tour for a little while. Have you seen a shift it seems like there's a, more of a willingness for people to admit their vulnerabilities i mean you know you guys are professional athletes you don't want to really share any type of weakness in any way shape or form and talk about like to keep your competitive nature but but it seems like there's a lot more sharing out there and it, it sort of like feels like you're on the crest of this wave yeah i definitely think um you know i have some players that come up and like oh i love your story i love what you're doing and i'm like you want to be a part of it they're like 
not sure yet. Mm -hmm. So I definitely have players that are tentative, but yeah, I mean, a lot of players have opened up. I feel like, yes, they want to keep the uh, competitiveness, but it's, it's separated at this point. I, I really do feel like we're all in this together. Yeah, we're competing against each other, but, you know, breaking the stigma of mental health and, and opening up and, you know, the people around us, the people we compete against are the only ones that really understand us. So that, I mean, yeah, you can talk to a therapist or family and they can understand to a certain extent. But the only people who are going to really understand are the people that you're seeing warming up next to you the day before the match and all of that. So if we can open up to each other and, and be a part of it, I mean, I think that's the most important aspect. And, and I think going further, I think what I bring to the table that can't be duplicated is that I'm a player. They don't feel like they're talking to media as much, and I think they let down their guard with me. They open up a little bit more. I had players that come up to me and said, yeah, you know, I did something kind of similar, you know, with the media. They asked me a couple tough questions, and I gave them PC answers, and mm -hmm. I just moved on. And, and you know, and I understand that I've done that, you know. I've tried to be more open with the media, and I'm trying to share my story as much, but I know other players really are guarded, and they've let it down with me, and they're really opening up and enjoying just the process of all of this. And question for you. I told you I got emotional when reading several of these. Is there one or maybe a few that struck you and really surprised you of, of I think there are 22 on the Instagram feed now. Is there one that really knocked you? I mean, they're all, I mean, between tennis and Madison Keys, they're, they're great. I mean, Sasha Vickery not being able to eat breakfast before the national oh championships. God. I mean, <laughs> Ruan Rolofsay, who I'm really good friends with, he's you know around 100 in the world in doubles. I mean, 100 in the world, what he does, and he couldn't physically leave a country that he was in. Didn't have enough money to leave a country. I mean, each individual story is incredible and so unique, and you know you're a part of it, but at the same time, you didn't know about it. And now you're hearing it firsthand, you're like, Wow. So you didn't know about Bradley Klon's panic attack before the Roland Garros? You know, and, and I knew he had My some, goodness. you know, and some issues with anxiety. But to know to what extent, I mean, he's on the plane. And I can picture, I mean, while he's telling me the story, he's on the plane. And he's going through nine hours of just agony. And then it leads into his first round match. And it's like, God, I mean, nobody knows what we go through. People, you know, might have saw his first round match and been like, why is this kid down a set and 3-0 in 10 minutes and not know what he's going through? A triumph. And that's why I'm trying to open up and, and get these stories out there. Yeah, that particular story, there's a triumph in a five-set defeat. We, had, we would have no idea. No idea. It's a goldmine for a journalist like myself. You've opened doors. You're just like different ways to think about the players and the stories that we're telling, which isn't, isn't frankly, isn't always up to par. So thank you for that. No, no, I appreciate it. I think... <laughs> Um, tennis is nowhere near where it needs to be in bringing awareness. I think we're, you know, 10, 15, 20 years behind a lot of other sports in, in, the, in the money aspect and, and, you know, just the excitement aspect. And I think there are changes and, you know, there needs to be, you know, quicker revolution. And, you know, I'm trying to help that. Yeah. I really am. Fantastic. So I'm going to let you go, Noah, because I know you got plenty to do. Maybe even more podcasts today. Yes. Um, <laughs> but before I let you go, I, I think you'd do a better job of, of doing this than I would. Yes. Give me the plug. Tell everybody where they can find yes, out about Behind the Racket. Yes, of course. Thank you. Um, Instagram is at Behind the Racket. Then you have Facebook, which is, you know, facebook.com slash Behind the Racket. Then you have Twitter, which is Behind T Racket. Didn't fit at all. Um, but those are the three right now. I have a site underway and a few other things. But right now that's where you can find me and you'll keep us posted on the gallery which i'm totally I definitely will. For. a lot of things underway should be exciting thank you Noah rubin all the best thank you for having me cheers
we're back. Special thanks to Noah Rubin for that. He's uh, quite a bright and intelligent young man, young individual, and we're looking forward to seeing his work in a gallery someday soon. And we thank him for his hard work and for bringing these issues to the forefront and sharing them with fans on social media. It makes the experience for all of us a lot better. Uh, so I'm back here, still standing at the practice courts. Uh, Marketa Vondrusheva whacks a serve right there. And her coach can't handle it. Pretty cool. Um, John Isner to my left. He's still tall. And, oh, there was a serve by Isner. So pretty cool spot to be in. I, I love being perched back here. It's kind of an overcast day, uh, but that doesn't dampen our enthusiasm at all. There's so much good stuff to look forward to. Let me pull out my trusty order of play here so we can run down a few of the beautiful things that await us. Well, starting out on Stadium One, it's Milos Raonic against Marcos Giron of the U.S. Uh, Giron, I'm not sure a lot of you guys are familiar with. He's ranked 219 in the world. He's the lowest-ranked player to get this far at the BMP Paribas Open since 2011. He's a qualifier. He's a former national champion, underwent a couple of hip surgeries, and entered this tournament, had only won one match in his career, takes out Jeremy Shardy. Takes out Alex Dimonor, so obviously a fairy tale run for him. Other stuff we're looking forward to around the grounds. Ivo Karlovic, the 40-year-old, the oldest man to ever win a match at the Masters 1000 level, will face an Indian that a lot of people don't know. Pranish Ganeswaran of India won his first Masters 1000 match just uh, earlier last week. Well, gosh, it, it really is last week now. And uh, he's into the third round, so that's going to be a very interesting matchup between those two players. No matter which one wins, it's going to be a big story. Venus Williams back in action. We lost Serena yesterday due to a viral illness. She had to retire in the second set of her match of Garbina Muguruza. But Venus is still in the mix. She's got a pretty favorable draw. She'll be facing Christina McHale, third match on the stadium. The night session is one we're really excited for. Naomi Osaka. And Danielle Collins will do battle. That'll be a 6 p.m. event. Should be awesome. It'll be followed by Novak Djokovic and Philip Kohlschreiber. Other matches that are pretty exciting around the grounds. We mentioned Arena Sabalenka, Lesia Serenko. That'll be second match up on Stadium 2. And also the Canadians. How about the Canadians so far at Indian Wells? Three teenagers still in the mix here. One of them, Felix Auger Aliassime, the wild card, just took out. Stefano Tsitsipas for his first career top 10 win. He'll be in action today. The fourth match on Stadium 2 against Yoshihito Nishioka of Japan. That should be probably the one of the hottest tickets on Stadium 2. I expect there to be big crowds for that one. We've got Annette Kantavite and Anastasia Sevastova up first on Stadium 3. We have the number one seeded doubles tandem, Pierre Ugerber and Nicola Mahou. They'll be playing second on Stadium 6. So we want to get your doubles fixed. You can check out Herbert and Mahu. You can also check out Lucas Pui and Stan Varinka. They'll be playing on Stadium 6 last match today. The Bryan brothers will be up on Stadium 2 in the night session, 6 p.m. So, I mean, as I mentioned, just so much good stuff to talk about. The draws are kind of narrowing down, thinning out. Third round will be complete on the men's side. So round of 16 going to begin tomorrow on the WTA side. And... We're still waiting for the men to get through the third round. That will happen tomorrow. So, so much to look forward to at the BMP Paribas Open. I'm glad you guys could share it with us at the Lucky Light Court Podcast. I want to plug a few things before I say goodbye. You guys can check us out on our iTunes. We'd love it if you rate, review, and subscribe. Yes, that is important to us. It would mean a lot. You can also check us out on Spotify. You can check us out on our 
podcast homepage at podomatic.com. Hit up Tennis Now on social, facebook.com slash tennis now. You can also find us on Twitter. We're pretty active all day trying to bring you the best of the bits of the information from the press room and whatnot. That is at tennis underscore now. Well, thank you guys for listening. We will look forward to talking with you tomorrow from the BMP Paribas Open. Enjoy the tennis, everybody. Bye.